the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. It's Pat, Stu, and Jeffy uh, for Glenn this week. Um, We were just talking about uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And there's a a couple of terms that circulate through the media all the time. One of them is fake news. The other is Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, syndrome and I, I they bug me and I think they bother you to a certain extent Stu yeah. because it makes it I don't know it just makes it seem like everybody who says anything about the president uh, has Trump derangements and that's not the case I mean we don't have it and we've complained about some of the things he does yeah I mean the test usually is whether you can find things that you like right I mean yeah. we can and we've yeah, made, yeah. you know we've gone through many many things that we do like that the president has done uh, but I will I say, even his critics, though, I don't think are always affected with Trump derangement system. So, I, like I, if you're if you're a liberal right, uh-huh. and you see things like uh, Neil Gorsuch and, and Kavanaugh, you may very well not like those on ideological grounds. That doesn't mean you have Trump derangement syndrome. That means you just yeah. don't like his picks. Right. There's there seems to be a different situation going on for some people, though. Although, yeah, if if there's any and if, if there's any location that's infected with supposed uh, Trump derangement syndrome. It's uh, just about everybody at CNN, including Jeffrey Tubin. I mean, he, he's a guy that once in a while makes sense, but not really when it comes to Trump. Yeah, he just... Uh, there's a, there's a, a sign of the... If you're going to make Trump derangement syndrome into something, there's a sign of it of like pulling every issue, no matter how separate... Mm-hmm. Uh, from race and and those and hatred, bring all of them to that. No matter what it is, whether it's a, a Supreme Court pick, whether yes. it's a tax decrease, whether it's uh, you know talking about you know North Korea, whatever you can, bring it back to the idea that the reason he's doing X, Y, and Z is because he hates black people. Right? Yeah. Like you could just, it's just yeah. going to that same boring analysis, saying every single thing revolves around that one issue, and it shows, of course, it reveals your obsession with that issue. It reveals your obsession, not ours, but your obsession with skin color, with your obsession with you know reproductive mm-hmm. organs, mm-hmm. your obsession with that. That's mm-hmm. not something that we want to care about, but you're constantly bringing it up. And this is a perfect example uh, from yesterday with Jeffrey Tubin when he was talking about... Uh, the president saying how if if Republicans lose in the midterms and the Democrats take control of the House, there's going to be violence in the streets. And listen to the way Jeffrey Tubin spins that. The theme here is I'm Donald, Donald Trump and I'll protect you from the scary black people. Antifa is widely what? perceived as an African-American organization. No, it's not. And this is not just part of the same story of LeBron James and Don Lemon and Maxine Waters and the NFL players and the UCLA basketball players. Ooh. This is about <sighs> black versus white. This is about Donald <laughs> Trump's all? appeal to racism. And it just mm. happens all the time. And we mm. never say it or we don't say it enough for what it is. Don't but say that's it what's going on. That is amazing. Okay, Antifa is widely considered just black people. By whom? By you, maybe. Like you said, uh, but like you, we're just saying, Stu, that says more about him than it does Donald Trump. Yeah. A lot more. I mean, that's racist. Yeah. I, I, I mean, because I, nobody considers Antifa uh, just black people. I consider them anarchists. I consider them hell bent on chaos and communism. I, I don't. 
consider them black necessarily yeah yeah but but even more than that and we've done a lot of coverage on this group we've you know we've done multiple you know glenn's done the week-long chalkboard on them he's done uh, multiple big monologues about them their history where they came from first of all they did not come certainly from african-american roots in any way um uh, they, they came from you know this it started back in world war ii but beyond that all the videos we've seen of antifa I'm not saying there's no black people They're in, usually in the not. organization, but I can't think of one picture mm-hmm. in my brain of ever seeing a black person in Antifa. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, I'm sure they are. I mean, just because of odds. But I, I've never, I can't remember ever seeing one. They're almost always like mm-hmm. the person who you think you're going to bump into Starbucks the next day. Some like, you know, tortured, angsty, you know, 22 year old mm-hmm. who, you know, who went to too many communist college courses and now thinks they're going to change the world by throwing things at people. Right. I, don't think, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone make the point before, ever. This is like the first time I've ever heard the point that black people are associated with Antifa in some way. Me too. Way. They're just, it, it, I always think of it as like that, like Seattle, Starbucks-y, uh-huh. uh, you know, angst. Uh-huh. I don't think at all. It's not a racial organization at all. It started against fascism back in the day, and you can make an argument when it started, it actually did good things, but it's been evolved to, at this point, it's ridiculousness. I mean, it's it's just anything that they they're don't They're just like. anarchists now. Yeah. Yeah, they're just left-wing anarchists and it's uh it's agonizing to to continually hear the nonsense that everything's about race and you know that just diminishes when things are about race when you make everything about race you've just watered down the actual racism that does exist and we see from time to time certainly not as much as as cnn sees it but uh i i don't think i've ever heard donald trump even say anything about antifa being uh groups of black people no i i haven't heard anybody saying it not just us yeah nobody claims that it's about blackness and this this is what surprises me all the time like when you have uh these these issues that pop up with race it's the left has has immersed themselves so completely in this issue Mm -hmm. and to them it is like the ultimate equation that solves all math problems you know it's it's just i remember when you know barack obama was going and they talked about an apartment and they said that was racist it's like an apartment i lived in a lot of apartments there's a lot of white people that live in apartments way more white people live in apartments nationwide than black people do i mean it's just a a, an absurd thing because chicago yeah chicago was a dog whistle for black people right and like no what that's that's, this there's a lot of violence that goes on there yeah yeah, Chicago. That's uh, that's code for black people. It's yeah. an absurd instinct. The word car. That's code for car? black people. Yeah, yeah car. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. The word the. If you use the too much, it's oh code word for black people. <laughs> you mean the black people. That's what you mean when you say the word the. What, what, what explains <laughs> that motivation, though? Racism. Uh, I think it's racist. Yeah. I think that in and of itself is racist. I think Jeffrey Tubin's a racist. Uh, I, I'm just so tired of beating around the bush with these people on what they are and who they are i'm i'm really kind of done with it when you see race everywhere when that's all you think of maybe you should turn that you know look in the mirror become a little bit introspective maybe you're the racist yeah because i think there's a an instinct especially with with the older i mean we used to say this about chris matthews chris matthews went through a generation in which race was such a big issue for people uh, and it was something that was constantly talked about. And, I, you know, really until 
Obama uh, kind of got in there and, and, you know, he was he really came from that perspective of viewing everything through the prism of race. He constantly saw things in racial terms to the know. point where he said this uh, you know i forgot he was black tonight for an hour yeah right because because usually i uh, that's all i think well, of. that's all i think so right <laughs> like I, you think of, when you think of everything in the term of black and white uh-huh well shockingly everything becomes a black and white issue yeah and you know it's it's the same thing that happens with conspiracy theorists right conspiracy theorists you get in when you get down the road to 9-11 and you get down the road to sandy hook and you go down all these things well of course every shooting seems like a false flag to you Mm -hmm. every time you see something you think it's a conspiracy theory with the government and it's the same thing with the left and race it's not this there are actual things just like with conspiracy theories governments do actually do bad things they have done things at times that are really terrible. But it's the same thing with this, where you have racial issues that are real. There are actual racial issues that come up. Mm-hmm. But when you see everything that way, you can't stop yourself from pulling things that are, you know, 15 lanes over from race back into your lane. Because that's all you think about. All but the it time. also, like Pat right. said, then lessens the real racism. Yeah. I mean, it just weakens that all the heck. And that's what the same with, uh, you know, the, the full trump derangement syndrome you know there are times when you want to be against donald trump but you listen to the deranged syndrome people and you're like okay well no i'm not that bad yeah no, I'm you, you don't want to be those I'm not people. going there with you i mean yeah. in a way that's letting someone else control the way you feel which i don't like either you know just because the media says stupid things shouldn't affect my opinion i should be able to come up with my opinion on my own but if this is another example of it they did this thing a while ago where it was like you know 13 of the last 15 people that donald trump has called dumb were black <laughs> and this proves, and she, and, and, and Tubin actually kind of references it there. Except that seven Waters. or eight of them were the same person. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it was it was something like <laughs> ten of eleven or something like that. Yeah, were, were, it was, Ma- Maxine, it was Maxine Waters. Waters and Don Lemon, the two. Right. It's so, and you also to believe this theory, you have to also believe that he was not racist at all until he was elected, because he did before that. He was calling white people dumb all the time, all the time, and then for the whole first year <laughs> of his presidency. He only called one person dumb, <laughs> Mika Brzezinski, who's white. So you have to believe he developed the racism, not in his first 71 years, but in the last year. <laughs> and in that last year, he developed the racism all solely based on Maxine Waters and Don Lemon. Isn't an easier explanation of that is he doesn't like Maxine Waters and Don Lemon? Maxine yeah. Waters and Don Lemon have been recently yeah. criticizing him. And what Donald Trump does in those moments is call them dumb. It's just like he called Jeb Bush dumb and Marco Rubio dumb and Ted Cruz dumb. Jeb Bush is dumb. He had a really good point there. <laughs> right? uh, Jeb Whoa. Bush is dumb. <laughs> Some people so. are. So is Maxine Waters. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is. Now, yes, Don Lemon, is. I do not yeah. think is dumb. Yes, she is. He, he is an opponent, and he's you know he's yeah. liberal at times, and I don't. But Maxine Waters, I think, pretty clearly is dumb. She makes incredibly stupid. She's made points a good case for time. being dumb the last few years, if not her entire la- life, oh, yeah. her whole her whole career. <laughs> I mean, it could be uh, there could be other examples. Maybe she's you know losing her sharpness as she gets later in life. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I mean, she is tripped up and made really insane comments. Hank Johnson, you know, yeah. Hank Johnson comes out Guam's and says gonna Guam's going to tip turn, over. Tip I mean, over. Can and, we not uh, say that capsize. he's dumb because he's black? He happens to be a black person. No, that's who a said dumb, that. That's a dumb comment. dumb comment. White or black, whoever said it, that's a dumb comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Guam's not going to tip over because you put too many military forces on one side <laughs> of it. It's it, that's not what islands do. 
<laughs> okay? So, I mean, can we not observe that sometimes that? people I mean, have those moments? Do you have that from a scientist? Yeah. Did, uh, I had it from a military have, source. Yeah, okay. Uh, who immediately right. was like, uh, uh, we, don't we don't anticipate, anticipate that, that happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. One of the greatest responses of all time. So good. Uh, but, you know, take you're right. Taking these things from issues that are not related to race and trying to move them into that in that uh, analysis weakens mm-hmm. the actual case and yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense it's the same thing you know like the alt right uh, largely speaking the alt right is a is a is a small group compared to uh you know conservatives and republicans and everything else but when you try to cut you know call every single republican alt right you you fail. You 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 fail because you then weaken the case against people like Richard Spencer, who is really a problem. Mm-hmm. Like that theory that his his theories, I think, are, are real negative and certainly have nothing to do with conservatism. But when you bring like Mitt Romney in and you call him alt right, it doesn't. There's no. There's there's you lose all value in your criticism. Yeah, and all credibility. Yeah, triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn this week. You believe it's almost uh, Labor Day already? What, mon- Monday, right? Yeah, Monday. It's Labor Day. That's uh, So we got that three-day weekend coming up. Stu, are you taking a four-day weekend? Uh, yeah, you taking well, Friday I mean, off as well I'm as like Monday? I'm at home and stuff, but I don't have... Uh, you're doing... All Pat- the oh, working work at home. home. I'm not taking a... Mm-hmm. Stop <laughs> it. It's my whole freaking life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that one all day. No, but uh, we. Yeah, I did uh, the show solo uh, Monday. Pat, uh, solo Friday. Well, Jeffy, mm-hmm. like, will you be in Friday yeah. I think well? Jeffy will yeah. probably be here. Uh, sorry about that. And yeah. also... <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, you know, we don't do the... Uh, we have got a TV show. We have, we have some other stuff going on, but uh, you'll be here by, your, by yourself, except for the criminal that you're sitting across from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, News and White Matters uh, happens uh, tonight and every night. Uh, actually, we're doing it yeah. now. That's five days a week, which is pretty cool. It's, we uh, added Friday. Added Friday. And, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of the reason for that is there's been a, a really big reaction to the podcast. And it's one of those things that people really like listening to as well as watching. So you can watch it on uh, on demand at any time at theblaze.com slash TV or go to iTunes and pick up the podcast. It's a great review kind of of, of the big stories of the day and, and all of us talking about them. So check that out. News and Why It Matters on iTunes. And there is uh, so much to talk about today. Um it, it, once again there's a huge effort to try to uh end re- the recitation of uh the pledge of allegiance in public schools. And it's the same guy. It, this time rather than being the person who brought the lawsuit, he's the attorney for the atheists who brought a lawsuit. Uh Michael Newdow, you remember oh, this guy? Him again? He's still oh. trying to get rid of the pledge of allegiance. It's it's amazing. Also, we got to talk about the Chicago priest who says the pope won't be distracted. You know, by this meaningless sex abuse thing. Um he needs to focus on global warming. Uh <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so Not a good look. There is yet another civil asset forfeiture story to tell you about. Sadly, oh, wow. if you if you listen to this time incredible. yesterday, you heard the crazy one in Utah. This one's a, another insane story where people's property just getting taken for no reason so hard to believe that this could continually happen in america um and npr has a really surprising study that they did i i'm blown away that npr first of all paid attention to it in the first place secondly actually reported their findings uh because this doesn't seem to fit their narrative no and it's one of those stats that when you hear it blatantly fails to you as possible 
You know, mm-hmm. you see, you'll see liberals constantly share these numbers. There's been seven thousand school shootings this <laughs> right. year. You're just like, what? Is there no. any moment where you just sit back and say, "There's no way that's possible"? Like you obviously know it's not true. Mm-hmm. Is there any part of you that gets to that point in your analysis? Well, there were supposedly in 2015. 240 school shootings. Right. And we know that's preposterous. Of course. It's, that didn't happen. Now, sometimes they get to those numbers in various ways. For example, um, a guy uh, who has no association with a school at midnight mm-hmm. feels despondent, leaves his home, pulls into the back corner of the school parking lot and shoots himself. Is that yeah. a so, school shooting? Well, no, to but it any was an incident with a gun on, right. on school grounds. To any uh, gun hating organization, that's a school shooting. And they'll put that in. Mm-hmm. You'll have times where police officers will come and the police officer will mistakenly shoot his gun that hits no one. Yeah. And they'll call it a school shooting. Yeah. Um, you know, someone, there have been times where pellet guns. Some kid will bring in a pellet gun and shoot one of his friends and yeah. they'll call it a school shooting. These are these are the type of things they go in there to to juice the numbers because we know. The problem is there. There is a problem with school shootings. Mm-hmm. However, we know now we don't problem. have to juice the numbers because there was 240 right. shootings in 2015. And this is a U.S. Department of Education report. So, you know, it's some credibility, I guess, behind it. It's not like, you know, it's not Mother Jones mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, every town for gun safety. This was a government report, which people, generally speaking, will take seriously. The year was 2015-2016. Nearly 240 schools reported at least one incident involving a school-related shooting. NPR, God only knows the reason, decided to actually check into this, mm. which is amazing in and of itself. Because usually when the gun, when there's a stat about guns that make guns look bad, nobody looks into them. That's kind of the policy. Yeah. But uh, in this case, what they found is, was amazing. 240 school shootings. They write, in 161 cases, schools or districts attested that no incident took place or couldn't confirm one. So what they're saying is not, not, not the stuff I'm talking about before, where like it's a pellet gun or it's a mm-hmm. guy committing suicide near school grounds. No, they're saying mm-hmm. 161 of the 240 were just nothing. It's even more amazing than that, because of the remaining 59 cases... Uh, they couldn't be con- some of those couldn't be confirmed or disconfirmed, so they're unsure on them. Oh, they actually found only eleven mm-hmm. confirmed by either the schools or through news reports. Eleven out of two hundred and forty. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you know, again, if you have a school shooting, it's probably going to be easy to confirm. You know, you call Parkland School District right now; they're going to be able to confirm yes. the school shooting occurred there. Yeah. Uh, some of this is amazing. The uh, so civil rights data collection for 2018 required every public school, more than 96,000, to answer questions on a wide range of issues. What it appears is they put the wrong number. Like they, someone put, I think it was Cleveland, put 37 in for school shootings, and it, they meant to answer the question before it. So Good that, gosh. Now, if Cleveland had 37 school shootings, wow. I feel like we might have heard of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the Glenn Beck Program. This week with Pat Stu and Jeffy. Just uh, learning about the right-wing conservative echo chamber that's going on here where, um, you know, there's, there's there's no bias in the media, especially at CNN, which is, uh, it's good to know. It's good to know that everybody's right down the journalistic middle. Uh, That's what they do. When it comes to Donald Trump. It's all fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck Todd went into this and, and made sure we understood uh, why people believe there is a media bias. Listen. 
The truth of the matter is, 62% think the media is biased. So in other words, if you look at the approval rating of Donald Trump, well, the approval rating the conservative the media, echo chamber created that but environment. It's, uh, it's not, yeah. it's not, no, 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 no. I mean, it has been a tactic and a tool of the Roger Ailes created yes, echo yes, chamber. Yes, yes, so let's right. not pretend it's not anything other than that. Good. The Roger Ailes created echo chamber. Like Fox News makes up for all the mainstream media bias. Of course. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it is. It is amazing. Uh, he's dead, by the way, uh, Roger Ailes, uh, just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> for uh, a while now. Yeah, for a while. It's an interesting thing because there's just never, there's never any responsibility taken for what the media actually does. We talked about that with the, just a few minutes ago, with the claim that Donald Trump is a racist from Jeffrey Tubin, and because he calls uh, black people dumb uh, in the past, that, that means that he thinks all black people are dumb. And when he criticizes an NBA player like LeBron James, again, he's criticizing anyone who will who opposes him publicly enough for him to notice. That's basically the Donald Trump policy. Mm -hmm. If he notices that you said something bad about him, he'll say something bad about you. If he doesn't notice it, (laughs) then I'll probably ignore it. You know, he doesn't. uh, That's the way it works. Uh, But this latest story that happened with CNN uh, and and. People are criticizing this as if it was, you know, it's again, the right wing echo chamber calling it fake news. CNN reported that Donald Trump knew about the Russian meeting before it happened. Now, if that were to be true, it would be a pretty significant development in the story. And it was treated as if it was a pretty significant development in the story. They said they had multiple, you know, important inside credible sources that, that you know, that talked about this. And only weeks later... After the story has run its course, after everybody's repeated it a thousand times, do we find out that one of the sources that CNN had was Lanny Davis? Now, Lanny Davis is the attorney for Michael Cohen. Now, there's no way you can say it's a fair... Like, Lanny Davis, you know, say what you want about him. You can never take an attorney's word who's advocating on his, uh, uh, for his client as a legitimate unbiased source. He's just saying anything that will help his client. That's his job. So in the story, they cite Lanny Davis as one of the sources for Trump knowing in advance about the Russian meeting. And now Lanny Davis is saying, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't actually feel any confidence in that information anymore. (laughs) So Davis is coming out and saying, you know, look, this story probably isn't true. CNN is standing by the story anyway. Because they're saying, well, we had other sources who told us that too. Take that, put that aside for a second, because you know it's ridiculous to stick around with a story like that. I think when you have a major part of your sourcing fall apart, at the very least, you should say there are now major doubts about the story because one of our major sources um, uh, fell apart. However, we still do have other sources, uh, you know, available, and we're checking into it. I mean, at least you give some sort of you got to step back from it a little bit. CNN isn't. But bigger problem than that is, one, how you include Lanny Davis as a source on anything about Michael Cohen. If Lanny Davis is saying it, you got to say Lanny Davis is saying it. He's, an, he's a paid advocate for Michael Cohen. And we need that as part of our legal system. But we don't need that as part of journalism. You, don't, you can't just be quoting the random claims of a, of a lawyer Mm-hmm. as proof of anything you can say their lawyers are making this an un, uh, you can say a source from their legal team made this argument that's okay but you can't just act as if they're just this fair arbiter of the story and more i think more importantly they they included a quote or or 
a section about Lanny Davis in which they asked for comment and Lanny Davis would not give comment on the story. Well, that's just flatly a lie. He did give comment. You included it in the story. He confirmed (laughs) your source. He was one of the sources for the story. If not the only source. He gave no record, and probably the only source. He gave no on-the-record comment. Mm-hmm. But what you're at, you are telling your audience the source couldn't have been Lanny Davis. It had to be more credible than that because Lanny Davis wouldn't give us comment. We asked Lanny Davis about it, and he wouldn't say anything. Well, he did say something, mm-hmm. and we now know he said something because Lanny Davis told us he said something. <laughs> and that's a sort of thing that the, it happens all the time with the media where they are just, they're so itching to get something that will take the president down and that one story that's really going to change things when I don't know if anybody's noticed, nothing's going to change things. I mean, there really, mm-hmm. it does not seem to be any story that could be printed that would change for positive or negative Donald Trump's approval rating. It's been in between 38 and 45 by most credible polls, his entire presidency. Now, 38 and 45 is a bit of a range, but not much. You know, when when things are going well, it gets up to around 45. When things are going poorly, it gets down to 38. And sometimes when things are going really poorly, it activates his base and it goes up to 45. And sometimes when things are going really well, people get bored and it goes down to 38. <laughs> it doesn't, none of it, it's just in that range. It's almost random mm-hmm. chance at this point. His approval rating is probably around 41 or 42. And he's got a range on either side of that that bounces, bounces back and forth. People have made their mind up on Donald Trump. The man has been one of the most publicly accessible figures in our society for 30 or 40 years. We all know what we think about Donald Trump at this point. So the idea that they continually try this and bend every rule that they would not bend for other people and and take every liberty they can to make sure that people finally, this story is going to be the one that convinces everyone that they should turn away from this guy. I don't know what would make that happen or would make people turn to him at this point. You know, we, we look about the uh, African-American approval rating and it has improved. Uh, there's one poll that shows it very high, a Rasmussen poll, but most polls show it has improved slightly, but it's still pretty low. You could easily make the argument, and Trump makes it from time to time, that you know, the, there have been really good results. The black unemployment rate is as low as it's ever been. There's mm-hmm. been a, he's, he's actually addressed some of the criminal uh, justice reforms that you know the, the community has been asking for for a long time. There's yeah. a real argument to be made that he should have a higher approval rating among African-Americans, but they've made their mind up largely. So this, on both sides, everybody's made their mind up and everyone just keeps trying to come out here and act as if they can change it with their next story. I don't know what could change it. I would, it will be interesting to see if, he, if the winning idea goes away, how, how, does, how is he received? If what the, many of the pollsters are predicting, and they're not always right, as we know, but as, right now it looks like, state of the race as of right now, looks like Republicans are going to lose the House. Uh, there's a chance they could lose the Senate. I think it's very unlikely, though. I think that's very unlikely. That would be a real cataclysm. But if it were to happen... Uh, and he lost both houses, uh, you know, both sides, and and he became, you know, he, the 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 winning sort of a, uh, feeling around him wasn't necessarily there. I mean, certainly he would take a part of the blame, as every president does when their party loses power when you're president. It will be interesting to see if if people care then. I don't think they will. I don't think so either. I think they'll just blame, you know, well Republicans, that's the swamp or whatever, and you, you kind of move mm-hmm. on with your life. I don't know that there's anything mm-hmm. because this there is a 
a real analysis, and, and many people have made it, that Donald Trump has done a good job on policy, and that's a really good reason for you to approve of him if you're a Republican, um, at least on a lot of things. There's another part of this equation that just turns out to be emotion. The people, we certainly recognize it on the left, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there is so much reflexive emotion against this guy for every single thing that he does. They'll do everything they can. They'll take things where he makes an offhanded comment. They'll try to take it exactly literally and, and, and then show you 25 other examples about how presidents said other things in the past. You know, we'll, we'll obsess for multiple days about how high he put the flag for John McCain and, you know, whether he was responsive enough or really felt the amount of love that he should have for, for you know, this one of his arch enemies in politics who, you know, passes away. You can absolutely obsess about those things. But it's not going to change anybody's mind. And I think there's certainly a part on the right, as we've seen over the years, too, that just loves the guy and is not going to go anywhere no matter what he does. So maybe the answer here is just to not constantly obsess about this person. You know, maybe we look at other things in our life. I mean, he certainly he certainly no, seems crazy. to be able to defend himself without that. other people getting on his side all the time. Mm. He seems to be very capable of that. It's like it seems to be the thing he really enjoys about the job. I mean, he really mm-hmm. does seem to like getting in the middle of those things, and I think oh, that's why yeah. a lot of people love him so much. Oh, he most definitely does. And I'd like to do that, Stu, but then he tweets something, and I can't. I just can't walk away from that it. That does seem... You know, the media should really look at it and say, okay, should we cover this story about Donald Trump? Well, is it something... Is the story about something he tweeted? If that's your answer, then the answer should always be no. no. Right? Like, who yes. cares what he tweets? The mm. same thing with even... I would even argue, when Donald Trump says something the media should largely ignore it and i know the left will get all pissed off about that because they'll say well what you just ignore what the president says or what the president tweets well i mean he outwardly tells us all the time that the things he's saying are just negotiation i'm just throwing it out there yeah yeah, like he says it all the time he tells you the things he's saying are for different purposes whether it's to piss one of his enemies off whether it's to slam somebody whether it's just to get a better negotiating position Right. When he says something about North Korea, should you go out there and report it, uh, you know, crazily for for months or just realize he's just he's he's negotiating. He's saying what he thinks is going to help his base. And just why spend time on it if you know that's the answer? You know, I mean, Trump likes getting into these battles. He likes, you know, the, sort of the, the back and forth of the of uh, of, you know, the verbal conflict. He likes it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in his own words, he says things. For d- different reasons than he means them, and I think the media <laughs> likes it too. As yeah, much I think as so they too. complain, I think so too about this battle. They love it. No. Otherwise, they'd be backing off of it. But you got people like Jim Acosta who is just soaking up the attention. He loves it. This is helping his career. Jim Acosta will probably be able to write his ticket to whatever he wants to do next because everybody's focused on him, and he's the he's the number one enemy in the media of the president, and so he loves it as much as Trump does. Yes, that's why they're they're just not going to stop because they think it's good for them, uh, and and it's it's creating a lot of attention for him. Yeah, and I really do think you know if there's a better better timed book than Addicted to Outrage, which is coming out mm. from Glenn in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. I mean, I can't think of one because this is exactly the problem. The media knows they get clicks from a, from throwing the outrage out there whether they this is the the big point whether they feel it or not i i have mm-hmm. to imagine that you know you go if you're one of these people that are going on cnn all the time you've just got to be like oh god do i really have to talk about another one of his tweets 
Yeah. Like, right. we all know he doesn't mean that, <laughs> yeah. or what, we all know this isn't real. We all know that him saying uh, that Antifa is dangerous has nothing to do with black people. We all know that. Again, I can't. Someone looked, you know, started searching and did find one black person in Antifa in the way background. <laughs> like, and, and everyone in the foreground is white. It's it's a I, to me, largely speaking, I don't know ninety plus percent white I organization. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I never really thought about it until now. Yeah. I never thought about it either. But at least my impression mm-hmm. from yeah. all the videos I've seen, it's always white people doing the violence. It's always white people throwing mm-hmm. things at people. It's always white people hitting people with bats. It's all I, I absolutely things that way. But if you are in this constant outrage cycle where you have to blow up everything into something that it's not, you know, I mean, I guess that's what you do. Yeah. I guess that's your role. Is there a way role. that someone could get addicted to outrage the new book by Glenn Beck? It's an interesting question, Jeff. Because I was, I don't see it anywhere in front and of me. So I unfortunately, so. the answer is no. You cannot. Oh, get, no, no, yes, you can pre-order it uh, at Amazon and, <laughs> and everywhere else. But it's coming out on September 18th, so you should do that if you feel like it. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Glenn, Glenn's uh, on vacation this week. It's Pat's doing Jeffy for Glenn. Hey, uh, last night the Democrats embraced. Another socialist in Florida this time. This time, the, uh, the, the big socialist victory happened in a fairly red state. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the Democrat nominee fares in the general election against the Republican. Um, but once again, the Democrats, who claim the Republicans are the ones who have gone so extreme, <laughs> they've turned to socialism. And a socialist uh, for their their hopes in the election in November. Obviously, a huge gift to Republicans. I hope so. I mean, it, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to work out, but if they had a chance of winning, they will have a better chance of winning <laughs> against a socialist. Yeah. yeah, that is especially one that's you know talking about it so overtly. This is a Sanders-backed uh, candidate, a guy who was kind of in trouble in his campaign, and then Sanders came down and seemed to push him over the edge. That's why and. Trump pushed the Republican over the edge. Yep, and yeah. in Florida as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeSantis. It's interesting. The op, kind of the opposite happened in Arizona, where Kelly Ward and Arpaio uh, lost to a more conventional sort of. Now, now this is of course right after McCain passing away, uh, which may have played into that. Also, two so. candidates kind of that were very Trumpy, if you want to say, like Ward and Arpaio. Obviously, Arpaio was very much that way. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of two candidates splitting that vote, maybe a little bit. Either way, uh, that one worked went kind of to the establishment. So, I mean, really, these races have been mixed. I mean, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had a candidate she was fighting for and got destroyed. Uh, something like 86 to 14. Is it, so, it's still none of her candidates. None of her endorsements have, have worked out, have they? I don't. I, I can't I, I think, think she's like 0 for 8 or 0 for 9 now. So, I mean, that's, but Sanders that's a positive thing. is the same, you know, yeah. certainly same policy-wise. Uh, and his... You his know, guy, his work, his, his guy came through, through in a tough race. So. Andrew Gillum, uh, the uh, Tallahassee mayor. Glenn Beck with Pat, Stu, and Jeffy this week uh, for Glenn. You know, there's some kind of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, <laughs> hysteria going on right now, and I, you know, not only is there a documentary, mm-hmm. there's a major uh, movie well, release yeah. coming out. I think on Christmas Day. And now there's a CNN special. Are they running the? Is it? I think they're running. They're the playing the documentary, the documentary yeah. which like, is incredible. man. Are they promoting that thing? Ruth Steria. Yeah, they, <laughs> Ruth Steria is. is good. I like that. I like Ruth Steria. It yeah. is really amazing. You know, again, 
there was a Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary made and just like praising her. There's like a little cult following around her. Like, and it's yeah. kind of one of those things that here's this little tiny old mm-hmm. lady who's super tough and doesn't give up on her, you know? Yes. Like, and of course she's super liberal, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly think it's, there's part of it is like sort of a Betty White syndrome where like, I, you know, I love Betty White, but like there was yeah. a, that thing but she Betty had a few White's years got ago. Some charm. Ruth oh yeah. Bader Ginsburg. Well, yeah, no. but, but after you reach a certain age and uh, you know, I'm well aware of this is that after you reach a certain mm. age, people are like, Oh, he's cute. Yeah, what, I haven't what, reached that yet. What, well, you've I'm reached, well aware of it. <laughs> you haven't reached the age where people think you're cute, but you have passed Ruth Bader Ginsburg's age. Yeah. age. Yes. <laughs> but it also is, I think, and I think you're right with the Betty White syndrome. And I think also it's uh man, we've got to build her up and make her happy. So she doesn't leave. I, I think there's something to that, too, yeah, could uh, be. because I will tell you this. If she were to retire tomorrow, oh. they would hate her more than oh, anybody yeah. yes. has be ever vilified. been hated. How dare you? How dare you leave now? Poison. Well, they did it to Kennedy. Uh, they mm-hmm. they bludgeoned him for leaving. They loved him for years because he was the, the, the quote unquote conservative that kept mm-hmm. siding with them. Yeah. Uh, he was the greatest guy in the world until he was gone. And but then he was the worst guy in the world. The Ginsburg thing is so amazing because... Uh, there's, there seems to be, I mean, other than the speculation, I, I, I just can't figure out what the, what the reason for it all of a sudden is. I think she's an interesting character in which she's, if you think about it, if you're a liberal, right? Like the same way I love Clarence Thomas, right? Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. because he's generally, he's the most conservative uh, person on the Supreme Court. And at least, you know, depending on how you measure it. And those things are always tough to measure, but he's certainly one of the top one or two. Uh, and he's a, you know, he, I think he does a great job on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And, and he, so he's really, so the, that part of it, if you're a liberal, you love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She never disappoints you. She's right. always, True. always on the liberal side. Mm-hmm. She never, always, oh, wait, wow, this one, she went the other way. She's super predictable. A hundred percent, like, you know, basically Alexandria Ocasio Cortez add about a hundred points to the IQ and put her in the Supreme Court, <laughs> right? Like, it's that sort mm-hmm. of arrangement. It of does course, seem like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, the yeah. left loves that, right? I mean, you know, she's, and you know, that, that's part of it, I think. Another part of it is, you know, just her physical sort of stature, right? Like, she's this kind she's of tiny, tiny mm-hmm. like, old lady. And just a powerhouse. Who's just still a powerhouse, you know? Right. Like, And I think right. that's I, one of the things they like about, you know, Betty White. That's how Betty White had that resurgence in some ways. In the past, we heard how much, what a relationship she had with Scalia. Yep. And how he loved her. Yep. And they loved to battle. So, she's had that kind of bit of, a little bit of love with that. But can you imagine? And she's fought. For women's rights. For women's Thank rights. For so long. All Thank the causes you. that are Thank popular. You know. But I mean, think about this from a news organization standpoint. This is essentially a pro-Ruth Bader Ginsburg propaganda piece. Mm-hmm. She, you know, it's it's basically trying to turn her into a cult hero, mm-hmm. which has sort of happened. And this is on that uh, on that level. Should CNN be airing that? I mean, to me, the answer is no. Even the, the same thing with, you know, with Scalia. Right, like Scalia passes away, should you be? Should you make a documentary uh, or air a documentary that's a one-sided propaganda piece about uh, Antonin Scalia? If you're a news organization, probably not. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if yeah. you're going to do the thing about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you probably also have to do it for Antonin Scalia. If you want to even attempt to look fair. Well, the good thing is, is that she believes in the United States and the Constitution, and the, yeah. that well, we uh, saw that know, in the trailer. There's for the nothing movie coming better. Up. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we saw man. that oh. in this. The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. Nor does the word freedom. 
Your Honor. Booyah! Oh, did she nail him? Wow. That's supposedly based on a true incident, I guess, Uh, from her past, which uh, was in her 30s and her 20s. I I don't know. But the Supreme Court justice leans in and says, the word woman doesn't appear even once in the U.S. (laughs) Constitution. Nor does the word freedom. Your Your Honor. Honor. (laughs) Except for... Well, it does, uh, but other than that, well, don't it, worry about the facts. It's it is it? <laughs> I mean, it, it's not in it's not in our constitution, though, right? I mean, it's like yeah, it's, it's in, in our constitution, but you've got to go all South the way Africa to the to the First Amendment before you find the word freedom. So mm. it's pretty uh, tough. I mean, it's tough it. to find. Yeah, it. Uh, and she is the one who famously, as Jeffy was kind of just pointing out there. Uh, said that South us. Africa's constitution was... Yeah, was, South Africa's yeah. is yeah. the one which you should focus on, and Canada, Canada, because it was written in 1982. Ours is too old. But, for instance, well, in South Africa... Hey, what does that analysis they, mean for her? You, see, you know, it's like, I, I love this this idea that the, the, the oldest person on the Supreme Court can tell us it's, you know, the constitution's too old. Yeah. <laughs> should we start yeah, throwing out Supreme Court justices at 65, too? One of the reasons that she really liked the constitution from south africa well they came up with a uh, really incredible concept of an independent judiciary yeah who thought of that why the hell didn't we think of that <laughs> oh wait an independent judiciary what what if we had wait what if we had an independent judiciary an independent legislative branch and you couple that with an independent executive and now branch you're just talking but crazy they're, now they're all separate and co-equal, what would happen? I mean, I can't even think what kind of government you'd have then. It's like, what do you mean they came up with ind- We did that 240 years ago. What are you talking about? Have you seen our Constitution, Ruth? <laughs> have you read it? I, certainly by her rulings, I don't think she's read it. And by this little yeah, trailer, I don't think she's read it. You, you, you're telling us that the word of freedom is not in it? And I love the way she pauses there because it's so powerful. Well, so she's say, I, so powerful. The first time I heard it, I thought she was saying, no, the word woman isn't in there, but the word freedom is. No. She, here, listen to this carefully. The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. You could tell he's a bastard. The word woman. You could tell. You could tell. Listen to the tone like, of his voice. Almost like ba- you know Christian Bale's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> the word woman. It's almost like he's vomiting the word woman. Yeah. It's so offensive to him. The word woman. Woman. <laughs> Listen to this. The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. Nor does the word freedom. Yeah, nor does the word nor freedom. Nor does. Your Honor. Whoa! Oh, my. Ooh, that's powerful. <laughs> Oof. That's just... I mean, what is even the point indictment. there? I mean, free, freedom of speech. Free, I, mean, I this think is the a, point is that the U.S. Constitution is flawed. And, well, uh, and you know, the word woman's not in it. Neither is the word freedom. Neither do we have, I guess, an independent judiciary that's set apart. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Was she arguing for a new amendment to the Constitution at this point? At the, in this particular? In, in this moment? I don't know. Because the only, I, thing, I I, seen the only thing you can maybe think of, and, I, and I, off the top of my head, I can't, I, I don't know. But she's just saying that she's not concluding the amendments. Like, we had to amend the Constitution to get freedom in it. Well, is that what she's trying to say? If you would have said... If you, it doesn't appear until the amendments. That's one thing. But when you, because the, the Bill of Rights is part of the Constitution, 
Right, I know, right? but what I'm saying is so, if she's arguing for, which I would maybe yes. suspect, the Equal Rights Amendment, uh-huh. maybe she's saying we have to add in the word woman maybe uh, here with another amendment. I don't know. No, I'm trying again. Try, I'm giving her too much of a break here, but way too much, and we always do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. They never do that for us. No, of course, never. We, never. But I'm just least. trying to understand. I feel like that's valuable to at least attempt. try to understand it. Yeah. But I can't wait till Christmas Day when this power. Oh, we're, I'm power taking the family. Move. Oh yeah. You are. Oh man. Yeah. Before we open presents, we're headed. To, yeah. Oh man. We, um, I've already. I've already got the the wine ready to go. Open it up. Take a drink. Sip of wine. Go to the movies and mm-hmm. just celebrate Roosteria mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, go for it. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg Party. is about the size of my elf on a shelf, too. So it kind of fits it with does, the Christmas She theme. does look like elf on the shelf. <laughs> so, she's so tiny. Tiny but powerful. Tiny but powerful. But powerful. That's, that's, that's oh, It's kind of like tiny, you know, like w- w- the, the same way people think about small dogs. Where mm-hmm. like, you know, there's really, it's really difficult for a small dog to be ugly. Even though, like, I have pugs and pugs are absolutely ugly. But mm-hmm. people think they're cute because they're small. Yes. Yeah, right? They're small. Yeah. yeah. And not Jeffy doesn't. But, of course. Jeffy, you know, look at look at Jeffy. Uh, but there's a there's that thing where I think when when you're small and powerful, it gives you that like there's some cool part of that that people like. Yeah. And I think that's yes. the main part because there's no re- like you could easily love Briar, who's also old and also super liberal, right? Like there's mm-hmm. you know you, you could yes. have, I mean you could go and and, and praise uh, Sotomayor who in some measures is to the left of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and is younger and Hispanic. You could do that if you wanted to as well. But they, mm-hmm. they're picking Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I think, because of just physical qualities, which, again, they say you should never do. Yeah. But she's tiny yeah. and she's old and she's cute. And, and, and <laughs> like, just, yeah. you want to give her a little no, hug she... and maybe pet her. Right, you know, and it's, right. it's I you think want to that's help why her up and walk with her. Yeah, yeah, you want to just give her a big hug. She's, she's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I don't necessarily. I really don't. But I, I, yeah, want, I, don't. I want the. I personally, I want the new uh, Ruth on a shelf now. Ruth on a shelf is a solid Ruth product. That's oh, a yeah. solid. We could easily like sell some think, of those. Yes, you feel like your house might be haunted with it, though. I, mean, I don't think I, I don't think I want to come out in the middle of the night and the things just scampering across the ground somehow. <laughs> Wait, how did that happen? I think it could happen. A Ruth on a shelf easily comes alive. That'd be tremendous. Uh, and that I don't want. No, that's scary. That's a frightening thought. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn. The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. Nor does the word freedom. Uh. Your Honor. Whoa! Booyah! Your face. Oh, she nailed him. Ooh. Super powerful. I mean, she is. Uh, We need somebody to make a Ruth on the shelf. (laughs) We, We need that, I think. I, Ruth I, on a shelf would could be a good product. I think we should make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, it can't be that. It can't be that expensive, right? You put, you put it up it at Christmas, robe, and then and then every day, uh, you move it further from the Christmas tree because you don't you don't want anything to do with you want it to be a separation of Ruth and and Ruth and State and State. It's <laughs> Church and Ruth. Uh, yeah, that's that. I like that. And you maybe if you yeah. have like it's always moving further and further yeah. away from maybe you should put maybe the, the, you, you post the Constitution somewhere in your house and every day it runs a little bit further away from it. <laughs> that could be and maybe on the other side of your house you put the South African Constitution because we yeah. see how well South <laughs> Africa is going right going now and it gets closer and closer to South Africa. I love it. I love it. I don't, I don't exactly know what the audience is for this product, but I think <laughs> I I'd put it in my house. And speaking. 
of South Africa. <laughs> Did you see that they uh, ruled 300,000 gun owners have to hand in their guns? Oh, this is good. This yes. is great. It yeah, this is going out. really well. That's Everything's a, going fine in South Africa. That means there's it's nothing be to safer, see. Here. Right? Yes. Thank there's you. there's absolutely nothing to see here. Okay, there's there's no problem whatsoever, and if you think there is, you're a racist. <laughs> Did you, you're a white supremacist. You. Did you happen to read the uh, the story from Leon Wolf on the Blaze about South Africa? He did an analysis piece about it and trying to you mm-hmm. know put it in context and perspective because there's so much online right now that you can't trust and you know some people are saying basically it's you know the Holocaust times fifty. On uh, the other side, they're saying it's the life is perfect in South Africa. And, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere in between is probably the truth. But, you know, one of the big issues with it is there is a lot of violence in South Africa. The question is whether it's actually based on, you know, farms and, and, and race. And there have been incidents of that. But the, the crime problem in and of itself, I had no idea it was this bad. Listen to this description uh, and tell me you want to live in this place. How bad is the violent problem in South Africa? Let's put it in perspective. In the United States, Chicago gets a lot of publicity for having a shockingly high murder rate. Last year, Chicago had 650 murders in a city with a population of just over 2.7 million, meaning that Chicago had a murder rate about, of about 24 murders per 100,000 citizens. The entire country of South Africa had a murder rate of over 33 murders per 100,000, which means the entire country, including the relatively rural mm. and peaceful portions, has a murder rate that's more than a third worse than Chicago. It's an entire country of Chicago and then a third worse than that. Imagine how Mm. bad the violence problem is. And it seems to be largely uh, associated in cities, not necessarily in farms. That's exactly why we need to get rid of the guns, and that's what they're doing. Right. I I bet that is what their argument is, right? You know, you couple the, the gun grab with the land expropriation without compensation, and you got yourself a really good situation. Perfect yeah. country. It's a, it's, Perfect. There's nothing wrong there. I, I don't know why people are getting all upset. Stop it. There's nothing to see here at all. Let's move along. Yeah. It's, Let's uh, move along. South Africa is an interesting uh, study, too, in, in the idea of, uh, of what liberals always say about places like Denmark and Sweden and Finland, these sort of, you know, sort of homogeneous, you know, uh, countries where there's never been any history of integration or different cultures coming together. It's been one culture uh, that has lived the same way for a long time. Almost everyone is involved in that culture, has the same traditions, the same things. Mm -hmm. People, when you have different groups in a country, a lot of times they disagree with each other and real problems come out of that. South Africa is obviously an extreme example of this. But it's also why you can't just say, all right, we'll just put universal health care in our country because it works in Norway. You know, oh, we'll just do all the things that they do in Denmark and we'll just do them here. Well, this is mm-hmm. a different place. Yeah, much. You, know, you can't just you can't just drop in their crappy, you know, system that I, you know, I particularly don't want. I like ours much better, but you can't just drop theirs in. It's going to work the same way. It's ridiculous to assume that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? They're finding that out themselves. Uh, they don't need us to tell them that. I mean, yep. those countries are already admitting that. They are. That with, uh, you know, with their immigration policies, the old policies that were so great not so great right now all of a sudden they cost way too yeah. much and all of a sudden they're they're starting to really hurt the economies and all of a sudden they're starting to drain money from their citizens and of course this happens and all of a sudden they've got people who disagree with each other now because yeah. huh. they there's don't strife. come from the same culture yeah. right hmm. huh so you're saying when there's diversity it's a little tougher yeah Is that what you're saying? and i no, think that was yeah uh, you know one of the huh. main things the founders talked about you know and and, and our, you know just generally speaking our conception of a melting pot right 
is that where mm-hmm. we, we, I mean, we do. I think this country has benefited greatly from immigration Absolutely. over the years oh, yeah. in, 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 in incredible ways. Legal immigration, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's been an incredible, uh, you know, improvement on our society. And we've melted into each other. We've taken, you know, I've used this example, but like the, the NFL's condiment, official condiment was like hummus. Like, think about that 10, 15, hummus. 20 years ago. Good now, again, First I all, understand. So ridiculous. It's, it's just an advertising right thing. Right. I, it's, not an, it's just an advertising thing. But I mean, the mo- <laughs> give you a better one. Uh, the most popular condiment in the United States of America is salsa. salsa. It is not ketchup. It is mm-hmm. not mustard. Mm-hmm. It, it's not mayonnaise. It's salsa. Now, that is that a negative thing? I mean, if you like salsa, uh, you may think it is. If you don't like salsa, you might think it is. But no, the it's point just is, an amazing yeah, thing. It's an amazing thing. And, and it shows it's, you it's, the diversity here. It's because something we, we didn't just say, well, we don't want your new thing here. Get away. We <laughs> said, your new thing tastes pretty freaking awesome. Let's have more. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's something that America has done and many other cultures have not. You know, Ever like you, you get, you know, you if American culture, God forbid, for, you know, penetrates another country, there's protests and everyone whines about it. Why not take the good things from our culture, too? You know, you should be melting in the things that are great. We've come up with a lot of freaking great stuff. They have no problem mm-hmm. melting in our, you know, our medical innovations. They have no problem you know, melting in our, you know, uh, technological innovations. But like culture makes people uh, feel stress and strife and anger and protectionism and all of those things. And you shouldn't. I mean, really, you, know, you pick and choose the things you like. You know, there's I like guacamole is really freaking popular in the United States. I hate it. Me too. I think it's I, I can't I can't imagine someone wanting to put this green mushy thing Gooey. in their mouth. Ugh, ugh. It's just if it touches something that I eat, I want to throw the thing out. <laughs> that's the, that's how hard I am on guacamole. But again, like mm-hmm. it's a good a lot of people like it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's a positive thing that we're able to to have this new product that you know a lot of people like. That's a that's a great part about America. We, we, there, uh, you, that is something that we've gotten away from because now people are per- trying to come here and protect their old culture mm. here and say, "I don't stop touching my culture." The point of this was to melt together. Yeah, you know, not to put us all in different uh, kitchenware. I'm going to say the guacamole thing is not a good thing, though. No, uh, I mean, that's I'm, obviously terrible. Yeah, that's it's it's terrible. awful. I hate guacamole. If you hear yourself saying, feels pretty good to see somebody rub their nose in it, you may be addicted to outrage. We've expressed our outrage at everyone and everything that is different. Every thumbs up is like a dopamine surge and every retweet is a serotonin hit. In my new book, Addicted to Outrage, we bring clarity to this addiction. If enough of us can just drop our anger and outrage, we might just stand a chance to heal ourselves. Addicted to Outrage by Glenn Beck. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash addicted to outrage. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat, Stu, and Jeffy this week for Glenn. 888-727-BECK. Uh, the Me Too movement continues to uh, swim along quite nicely. And, uh, you know, make sure that people don't work. And, I mean, and that's fine if if people have actually committed egregious um, crimes uh, you mean like, like one of the founders, Asia Argento, who is apparently now getting thrown out of her jobs, uh, yes. which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting development. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I it's I, I don't know how to handle this stuff because you, when you have a legal system, right? Mm-hmm. What you do is in advance, 
of the trial, you have laws on the books, and then people know what those laws are. And then when you go in and you have a trial and you're found guilty, there on the books is a range of punishment, which mm-hmm. would be uh, applied to the person who committed the crime. So you're saying after the after you have, say, I don't know, uh, presented evidence and a jury is perhaps said that there's enough evidence to say, yes, you're guilty. And and then after that, there's some consequences. Yes, that is what I would. Yeah, uh, before yeah, that, what happens? Because those people, you're, you're a bad person. Okay. Before so, so just the accusation is enough to say you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of your job. <laughs> and that yes. seems to be where we are now. So you yeah. get the, you feel the punishment right away. You lose all of your jobs. You lose mm-hmm. your company. You lose uh, everything, whether you did it or not. Mm-hmm. And again, it is certainly just for people like, let's say, Harvey Weinstein, who did a lot of terrible things. However, uh, on that same front, you should actually be convicted of a crime before the punishment gets associated with you. And we've jumped the gun on that one, and and we now believe the person should get punished immediately. And with someone of Weinstein, it's easy. We all suspect that he really did all these things and it seems overwhelmingly there's an overwhelming amount of evidence including his own words on tape that that indicate that uh so you know no one really cares on that one but when it comes to someone like louis ck is is a good example of this louis ck was part of the me too movement and if you remember the story basically he did things to himself in front of women after he asked them if it was okay yeah awkward right <laughs> you know, like, i mean as you'd expect from louis ck very awkward yeah hey, can i do this in front of you <laughs> just like and, well one of the stories even was that uh, <laughs> one girl remembered that he asked and i said no and so it didn't happen so, so it didn't he happen. didn't right yeah mm-hmm. so she said uh, no so amazingly and he didn't worked. do anything yeah right like, right the now the other system worked. said yes and now they're still complaining about right. it. right well if you didn't want him to do that, then you should have said no. Right. And then <laughs> right? if right? he continued, you'd have a case. If yes. He, yes. If he does. Now, what we and have. From on, my understanding is that there's no allegation that he ever did that against their will. Yeah. I don't, is I that mean, true? I don't know if some of. I don't know if any of them said that. I don't remember any of them saying that. I mean, it's that. creepy what he was doing. Yes. Uh, very creepy. But he did ask for permission and seemingly permission was granted. Yeah. Or there, I think one of there's one group saying of that they didn't women, say anything. They didn't like, say anything yeah. and they just kind of laughed at him. And right, he, just, he said, hey, I'm going to take my clothes off now. OK. And, and they kind of went <laughs> uncomfortably so and then stayed. Right. They didn't leave. <laughs> he takes his clothes off and they're so upset yeah. they don't leave. I mean, well, now, I mean, their argument here, he's it, a comedian, he's and he's a comedian and he's, he's powerful and famous. Now, this is some now, of these comedians were before. have all power over people because yes. I wasn't aware of this up yes. until this point. Well, the comedians <laughs> have this uh, extraordinary power over people. How are you still will. working? I, I don't know. Well, I guess I you know. could argue. I mean, there again, I think their argument is poor here. But their argument is he does have power in the world of being a comedian. And these were people who were trying to (laughs) rise the, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. Jerry Seinfeld certainly has some impact. At the time he was doing a TV show. He was doing other stuff. He had deals with Netflix. Those are all gone. But at the time he did. Right. So he he did have some kind of power. Right. Like you have power. Like, you know, if, would you say, you know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld has, could have an influence on a young comedian's career. Yeah. I mean, the, the answer to that, yeah. of course, the answer were is yes. Were these all young Certainly, comedians that he did this in front of? I know at least a few of them were. Mm. Um, you know, there was one There was one who said uh, that, I mean, even talk about a, 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 a weak allegation. The allegation, <laughs> again, these are just such weird topics. <laughs> mm-hmm. The allegation was that she, Louis C.K. got on the phone oh, yeah, with a woman. Right. And the woman 
during the call suspected believed sus- believed he, he never said he was oh, that's but right. suspected that he was masturbating while on the phone with her oh my gosh now there was no confirmation of that but that's what she thought was going on and that was a me too allegation and he was so powerful again. that she could not hang up i, I guess so okay there hey, well, we go well, she, first, right. i mean let's 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 be honest he mm-hmm. did not ask for permission well, he's on the phone. He didn't say he was doing it either. No, she just believed it. She just believed it. Right. So the idea is, okay, well, Louis C.K. could then <laughs> go to some manager anybody and say... Anybody could say that. Anybody who's anybody been on the phone with that guy right. could say, yeah, I believed he was no, I think, pleasuring himself when, when yeah. we were on the phone, and I'm really offended by that. And I, I, I think, I think for all of my stress... I need like three and a half million yeah, dollars from this so guy. Too. No, you know what? I, no, that, I don't want to seem greedy. Two million. <laughs> so their argument is, okay, well, he could behind the scenes say, you know what? I just don't like her work. I don't like, I don't mm-hmm. think she's a good comedian. And then she might not advance in her career. Hey, of course, but, a lot of times mm-hmm. comedians will say, you know, anybody will say that if they feel a lot of people feel inaccurately that others have thwarted their careers. Right. A mm-hmm. lot of people say, oh, well, that, this person's keeping me down. It's a very human instinct to believe that unless you have real evidence of someone doing it, it's hard to, 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 to take anything from it. So, and there was very little of that with Louis C.K. Right. I think I th- one I think, person, I think, may have said that, if I remember well, I, correctly. I, and I was, I was headed in the opposite direction. I think a, a few of them were saying that uh, they, it seemed like uh, he did things to help them. Right. Like it was like awkward. And he, because of the awkward situation, he actually tried to assist them in their career. <laughs> so, so Louis C.K., for the first time now, has come out and done a comedy set. Um, at uh, in New York, um, was it the dare comedy cellar? Was it the comedy cellar? Yeah. It, was, it was one of those smaller clubs. 115 people were there, not knowing he was coming. So you know, and comedy cellar and Caroline's in New York, a few clubs like that are, are famous for big time comedians sets. popping out out of nowhere. You're just there for a normal show, practice their new set, yeah, practice their new set, try out some new material, and then leave. So out of nowhere louis ck comes out for his first public appearance does normal comedy does standing not mention ovation standing ovation before he even starts mm-hmm. does not uh mention the scandals at all just does his little routine tries some stuff out and leaves there was apparently one call from a patron of the concert of the appearance said i wish i would have known in advance so i could have made the decision whether i wanted to come or not um you know which you know i guess uh, i can understand uh, though mm. i bet they would have no trouble filling the the uh the room yes and I just think this is an issue when you don't use the justice system. There's no punishment that has been allocated already. Mm-hmm. Like we saw Glenn Thrush uh, from the was it New York Times, and he's been at Politico and a bunch of different things. Uh, you know, left wing sort of White House type reporter who also got a, a Me Too allegation against him. The allegation against him was that after late night parties, he would often hit on younger employees uh, of the you know uh, of the papers he was working for and again he was a these are people who want to get into journalism he's an, an important powerful journalist and there was no accusation that he actually forced anyone to do anything Some the people. accusation was that he should have known better to not fraternize with the younger uh, workers so and what happened with him is he's back working you know he did not seem to have he did lose. He was suspended, I think, for a while. But I think he's back now working. But there's no set punishments because there's no legal system here, right? We've decided to go around the legal system, right? And we've decided that these things should be educated in our own minds, 
what do we think Louis C.K. did? What do we think Glenn Thrush did? What do we think, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey did? And we will allocate those as it comes. Je- uh, was it Jeffrey uh, Tambor had a Me Too allegation? Yes, he, he seems did. to have felt no repercussions about it at all. After this, he was in the death of Stalin. He, you know, he was, uh, you know, people, I don't know, do people just believe him? Because he would, you know, because he's on the right side of things. Possible. Yeah. You know, maybe it doesn't seem to be a real obvious pattern here. Is it wrong for Louis C.K. to now be able to come back and, and talk about things that he thinks are funny in front of people? Well, I mean, I think the answer to that is if people don't show up, he should probably stop doing it. If he, you know, he'll, he'll be, if people aren't interested in hearing what he wants to say, then he can't be a stand up comedian anymore because people don't want to hear him. Mm-hmm. And that is a you know a market-based job. If people like your comedy, they come, and you get to do it for a living. If they don't, and you suck, and they don't come, then you don't. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I, you know, the, the outrage here that we, we have to allow, um, you know, we have to make sure that he never gets in front of people again, and he has to be punished till the end of time, is, is kind of a, it's kind of a crazy instinct. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's almost he, as if we're addicted to outrage. <laughs> is this your job this week? No, I've, I've, this, this is Jeffy. No, we've come up with it with a a useful <laughs> job for Jeffy. You're looking at the stupid poster <laughs> the whole time, right yeah. across from me, for yeah. the addicted to outrage. For those of you listening on radio, that's all I see. Yeah, I look at Stu. I see the Glenn back. <laughs> well, it is coming out soon, so you can buy that. But I guess that's in some ways is is tied to that. Right. I mean, we have yeah. we all act as if we're perfect and we're all we all act as if we've never made a mistake and we all act as if we can just slam everybody who has had their public issues when in reality, like there has to be. And this is, I think, part of the job of people who really support the Me Too movement and think its work is important. And a lot of it is that you have to you have to take a stand as someone in the Me Too movement. To say this particular claim is bullcrap. This particular yes, claim nice. doesn't rise to the level of That'd what we're nice. talking about. Right. You know, the fact that there's a there's a a statement made by someone that's a little bit sexualized or I mean, who's the guy? Was it Amazon? I think was it the Amazon guy who was at a party. He was one of the heads of Amazon development, I think, or I think it was Amazon, not Netflix, but it was one of the big streaming providers. And he went to a party and he said some offensive things to a woman at a party. He was hitting on her. And and that was, I think, the only allegation that he was inappropriate in conversation at a drunken Christmas party. Mm. And like that is something, you know, if you look back at to, at the office, the show, things like that happened all the time. And to- it's not appropriate. But like that person would just have a, people would think he's a dirtbag or people would say, do you believe he did this once? But now he doesn't seem to do that anymore. And it would kind of blow over. And now we have to make sure they're fired. We have to make sure yeah. they pay some public penance. And, and he was? And he was. He yeah, did wind up, you know, I think he resigned. Yeah. yeah, I think he resigned under pressure is what Jeez, actually amazing. happened. I mean, who among us haven't been drunk at a Christmas party and started oh, hitting uh, on I mean, think about co-workers. quite a few of us. Who among us? It's quite a few. I mean, quite uh, a few of us. Jeff. Certainly, Jeffy would. <laughs> I mean, if these standards were around in, you know, the 1830s when oh, Jeffy I mean, was coming of age, I mean, I can't even imagine. Uh, what would have happened to him uh, but you know look there is th- there should be some level I, most i don't know what, i don't know what the percentage is but i bet there's half of people wind up meeting their significant other at work yeah i don't know i mean i'm guessing yeah, it's probably percentage. a high percentage yeah. probably a high percentage right mm-hmm. i mean you have or and, and then if you want to add in people who are at bars that have been drinking 
you're even higher, right? I mean, like you that that shouldn't mean if you if you do something inappropriate. And many women made this argument around the Me Too uh, point when that was really happening. Is that you know that's part of what I want. Like I want there to be some available level of sexuality that that is that is able to be expressed by someone I'm trying to court. Mm-hmm. If if not. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, there has to be some. Right. Well, we sort have to realize that of, no means no, right? And a hundred percent. So when when uh, uh, you know when you start bashing Louis C.K., remember he asked, right? Mm-hmm. He I, asked, and that's the thing. It's gone mm-hmm. from no means no to mm-hmm. don't ask. Yeah, yeah, it has. And you yeah. know that is don't a flirt, don't, don't flirt, ask, don't ask, don't show interest, don't look, don't certainly don't touch. Um. So how do men and women ever? <laughs> Like get how together do, again? I, I, you know, to ask fundamentally, how does the species continue? Yeah, yeah at some point, that's the problem. In every relationship, you go in for your first kiss. Rarely do you, are you saying, uh, "Hey, do you mind? Do you mind I, signing this contract that allows yeah. me to for my lips to touch yours?" <laughs> like that's not how it happens. You know, and there are people who misjudge it, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've always been on the case of of being such a wuss. That you wait way too long, and eventually it's so obvious that you it's time to go for it. That's that's what I waited till because mm-hmm. you know I, I'm a loser. But you know, not everybody's that way. Sometimes no people kidding. call it wrong. Yeah, you know, sometimes, and, and that shouldn't be. That can be something where we say, "Hey, you know, that, that's inappropriate at this place. Hey, don't do that anymore. No, I'm not interested. Thank you." But then the person absolutely needs to stop. But uh, you know, we ha- there has to be some room for men and women, and maybe men and men and women and women, to mm-hmm. do the little dance. Yeah, that's that is part of it. That's not Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> but it is part of it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three or eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Oh, that's what it is. Exactly. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn. But Pat's can, doing Jeffy for her, Glenn. Yeah, you can subscribe to The Blaze at theblaze.com slash TV and listen mm-hmm. to Pat Gray Unleashed, which happens uh, every day. Uh, we have also the news and why it matters. I'm going to be filling in for TV again for Glenn tonight. Uh, we've got some uh, pretty interesting stuff on socialism and the new wave of it. We saw a big election last night where a socialist in Florida was able to beat out uh, some some pretty well-funded competition. Yeah. For the Democrats. As the Democrat Party just keeps going more and more extreme. Yeah. Every day. It's such a weird... I, I'm not surprised they're getting more extreme and being more overt about it. I'm just surprised with Venezuela going on. Yeah. This is the time they've picked I mean, to do the it. The DNC chair Perez already said that's the future. Future, right? future of the party. Future of the party. Amazing. Uh, more in a second. It's Pat. It's Stu. It's Jeffy for Glenn. Glenn Beck. Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn. Uh, yesterday we were talking, I think it was around this time, we were talking about uh, a case in, in Utah with civil asset forfeiture. This is something that's come up from time to time recently because it's one of the most incredible and most egregious violations, I think, of the U.S. Constitution that I've seen in my lifetime. And we continue to get these stories Yesterday, we talked to you about the Utah Highway Patrol, which pulled over a guy um, in, in, in named Kyle Savely in, uh, in Utah. And he had, there was a drug dog that apparently had a hit on something in his car that smelled like drugs, they, but they found no drugs. So there weren't drugs there. They charged him with nothing. He's never been charged. And this happened two years ago. What they did find was $500,000 in cash. Which they helped themselves to. They took it. 
And That's nice. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's a nice little score for the Utah Highway Patrol. No kidding. Um, and I think they have to share that. They're trying to decide now how who how to divvy up the cash between the federal uh, government and the state government. Not the person. <laughs> I think not, he, not he, the person. They didn't no. rule he was supposed to get it back. Fortunately, yeah. the Utah yeah. Supreme Court ruled that he needed to get it back, which has not. It still hasn't happened. Now you might suspect that a guy who's carrying $500,000 in cash with him, did something wrong to get that money. But we don't know that he did. And it's not illegal to carry $500,000 in cash with you. Maybe yeah. he's on his way to pay cash for a house. I don't know. Yeah, but that he obviously was doing something wrong. Maybe it's not illegal. Well, but prove that. That's the thought. Prove mm. that. That's where you do. That's what you do. Yeah. You prove it. I mean, because like, let's say, let's just say, for example, uh, you went and you pulled this person over and uh, you took the money. And you looked around the car and you didn't find anything. And then later on, and you know, as the investigation continued, eventually you found that he was a drug dealer. Yeah. And and he was absolutely this is all dirty money. And you charged him. And you charged him. Okay. You arrested him and you charged him with a crime. Right. Um, would that be just? Now the outcome would kind be just, of. right? Yeah. The but outcome of it, we're not we're happy the initial seizure. Person committing a crime goes to prison. Mm-hmm. But if you get it through uh, a way that is wrong. Usually those things don't stand up in court, right? right? You can't just go yeah. like if we could run if if the you know the police department would go house to house and look around everybody's house, they'd probably find something illegal. Certainly, if they got to Jeffy's house, they'd find many things. And oh, they better have a warrant. Yeah, right. But that's the thing. <laughs> well, that's what we have, right? A warrant. You got to get a warrant. You can't just mm-hmm. walk in and right. look for crimes. You have to have a suspicion right. of the crimes that's legitimate. Now, I mean, this, the dog thing is really pushing that standard. Honestly, I mean, the fact that a dog smells something. I know some of these They're dogs wrong are amazing, from time to time. They are the, wrong. And you know, the dog sniffing dogs are not perfect. Well, and again, and that, uh, with $500,000 in cash, uh, we know for a fact that most of our money has some kind of drugs on it. Yeah. Uh, that's right. So, that's I mean, true. The dogs are smell. If they get a, a hint of some kind of drug, on the money. On the money. But yeah. Like, you can, I think, make the argument that a dog sniffing something is justification to search for something in the car. Sure. And then if you But when you find something legal in the car, you don't get to take it. Yeah. Right? Like if you find a great stereo system in the back, you don't get to help yourself to that <laughs> because the guy smelled drugs. The dog smelled drugs. Yeah. And that's the same thing with money. Money is property. Money is not illegal to carry with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, when did this start in America that you can't have a large sum of cash with you? On a trip. Yeah. That's, it's madness. And we occasionally will hear, I mean, it seems to be more and more frequent where we hear stories like mm-hmm. this, where someone's carrying around a large por- portion of their money with them. Sometimes it's someone coming from the restaurant to the bank, mm-hmm. right? And they're carrying, yeah. you know, $10,000, $15,000. Happened it's to the that pizza guy. Yeah. They, they took his uh, whole they t- savings. They, they took that. But beyond that, how many times is this happening where they're taking $1,000 or $500? We're not going to get stories about that. Yeah. How many times? it happens a lot. Yeah, and, and would you fight it? I mean, the bottom line is if they found nothing and they took your $1,000. You're really going to bother going to court to get nope. $1,000 back? It's going to cost you $1,000 and more you're going to miss that. work? You're going yeah. to want to be more than it would take mm-hmm. uh, you know, in lawyer fees to get the money back. And mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, us not taking a stereo, but in some cases, they would take the stereo. Back. Yeah. I mean, we're we're seeing where they take cell phones and keys and key fobs right. and everything well, else. Listen to this, this story we just found from West Virginia. This happened on June 9th. Um, West Virginia State Police Trooper issued uh, Demetrios Patlius a warning for failing to drive within his lane. So uh, they pulled the guy over. He wasn't driving within his lane. 
and they the officer finds ten thousand dollars in cash that he and uh, his wife have on them. Now his wife is about eight months pregnant, and they were headed to the Hollywood Casino in Jefferson County. They were going to go gamble, so they had some cash on them. They'd capitalized on several promotional offers and had. 13 and 14, respectively, between them, uh, $100 gift cards on them, for them, along with the cash. Mm. Okay? So if they had $1,400 gift, they had another $1,400 in gift cards there. Um, the uh, Well, no, and then they got $2,700 worth of gift cards. So the officer who pulled them over started accusing them of smuggling cigarettes, having drugs in the car, uh, gift card fraud uh, and searched the car, searched the couple. So he gets to search because he accused them. Right. Because he accused them, he can search. I don't, yeah, where's the probable cause here? Searched her purse and then finally let them go with a uniform warning citation. He just gave them a warning, charged them with nothing. He found nothing. Well, except for $10,478 in cash, which he took. And then uh, I guess they had a total of 78 gift cards in the car. He took those as well. That's amazing. What in the... How is this possible that you can take... Just take their property from them? I mean, the gift cards obviously didn't come from a drug deal. What is this Sinaloa cartel now paying in <laughs> gift cards? <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, they might be. And they that are. might be maybe. a way, and that may be a way, uh, a way for them to, to wash their money right. and clean their money, which is, you know, uh, it's obviously could be. So now they're broke, but he left them with $2. He left them with $2. Not even like a 20. No, nope. so can get gas or nope. something. No, nothing. Didn't charge him with a crime. And I didn't find anything. They've been charged with nothing. And yet they lost their $10,478 and their 78 gift cards. And I think uh, the argument uh, from the police side would be most of the time we find out that these things are right. Mm-hmm. Most of the times we're right. I just don't think that justifies it. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't. You know, the bottom line is even if you, this person, let's say they find out later on that they are dealing with, with drug dealers. That does not justify taking their stuff before you have evidence of it. Yeah, it just doesn't. We got to stop this. I, I don't know how, but somehow this has to be stopped. This, if we are still living in America, this just is—it's unacceptable. It, sure it is. can't happen anymore. And you know that we talked about yesterday about being—you uh, know—because they're short of money, and they even talk in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, the county in West Virginia gets ninety percent of the proceeds, and the mm-hmm. state gets ten percent of it. So they—I mean—they're making it so the police officers uh, find it easier to take the money from you because they can. And then once mm-hmm. they get it. What happened if, if the if the if they start proceedings if the assistant uh, district attorney start proceedings on this pro then you have to go prove that it's yours and that you didn't do anything wrong. You have to and prove once, that it's yours. And, and if you did anything wrong, it's completely un American. Right, but if they don't start proceedings and, and they you can get it back. You can go to them and they can decide. Well, we're not going to start proceedings, and they can they'll give it back to you once they start proceedings. You got to go through the whole process, which is where you decide it's not worth it for five hundred bucks and a stereo. 
Mm. That's it. Really mm. is incredible, and you know the fact that people aren't outraged by this more often is surprising. You know, Jeffy keeps bringing up addicted to outrage, uh, Glenn's uh, new book, but it's like this is a good this is a good reason for outrage. Like sure it, not all outrage is bad. You just shouldn't be addicted to it and getting and going crazy over every little thing. Correct. This is a real problem. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if this happened mm-hmm. to you? Can you imagine if you had I, a situation like this? It you, wouldn't be good because I'd <laughs> probably be arrested or worse because I would go absolutely nuts. I, can you imagine the injustice you would feel uh, if you hadn't done anything wrong? You're just carrying money with you. You're on your way to the casino. You're on your way to buy a car. You're on your way. Uh, in one case, a guy who had $91,800 to go buy a uh, sound studio and uh they took that money from him that was three years ago he still hasn't gotten it back i mean that's your for most people it's gonna be, be crazy you know, their life savings i mean, mm-hmm. think of the amount of work you put in to be able to put that amount of cash away yeah to purchase something that you've always dreamed about having and then they they, they just rip just it away you. from you for nothing again if there's a crime committed that's a different story mm-hmm. you know if it's if there's a crime committed and you can prove that those funds came from that uh, from that crime, you have a you have a situation where there's something valid to look at. But there's no burden of proof here. There's no burden mm-hmm. of uh, of e- even probable cause in a lot of these cases. I mean, what's a probable cause when a guy's got a lane violation and then you suddenly take every penny they have? On, well, not every penny. But left he two dollars thought mm-hmm. that they were trafficking in gift cards. That's not enough. Yeah, that's not enough. <laughs> trafficking so. in gift cards is an interesting business. How does that work, Jeffy? You know everything I know. Everything uh, You know more about crime than anyone I know. I'm just, I, I do know that that's... I have read articles where that's how they're starting to... Uh, you know, ideas of how to clean money. So if you, you know, have a bunch of cash, right. you buy mm-hmm. gift cards, right. and then you send the gift yeah. cards across the border or whatever, and then people can use them on Amazon. Whatever, whatever. you want, or you get your... Or, you know, some places, like might give you money if, and do we like, now like, know if that you had a gift card a hundred dollars i give you 75 bucks right for the gift card good for both of us right is the golf cartel uh, dealing in a lot a lot in gift cards now do we know that, that <laughs> a lot of these drug tracks at transactions wind up in gift cards uh, I, I don't i'm advised not to answer <laughs> <the challenge. laughs> i i just I, at some point we have to make this into a story and it seems like when we bring them up the audience gets pretty fired up about them uh it, it just mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to have the i guess because it's just happening to a small amount of people um but that's the type of liberty that you have to fight for right I well mean, they, you know they're trying right and this story it even talks about uh the west virginia state house uh judiciary committee considered a bill that would tie civil asset forfeiture to its respective criminal proceedings which means you know if you're acquitted criminally the seized property can't be forfeited. They didn't, they didn't, don't worry about it. We're going to let the bill die. Wait, wait, hold on. So they're still taking it. Jeez. So they're taking they're it taking even it. if that they're uh-huh. acquitted? They but, go through the trial, they get, they're get they acquitted of the charges, and they still take it? They still can now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the bill the failed. Yeah. How does the bill fail in that in that case, I don't understand. I mean, here's some of the things. Well, these people weren't even charged and they took it. Yeah. And so, like I said, if they right. started, if the district attorney starts procedures saying that, uh, you know, this was this was property that we seized, then you have to go in and fight it mm-hmm. to prove. Right. If you don't go in and to fight prove it, it's yours. After so many days, they just take it. It's just, it's gone. And here's, the county in West Virginia has already auctioned off certain things that they've obtained from people, that they've confiscated. Right. Get Like, listen to this list. A Nintendo Wii with controllers. 
Okay, was so, that done in a drug deal? Right. No. I mean, you were joking about Come the stereo. On I, yeah. I Shoes, jumper cables, a Mickey Mouse watch, a oh. jogging stroller, Legos, and other toys. Why would you take Legos I, from someone's I, car? It's unbelievable. <laughs> You're taking <laughs> Legos from people? Wow, that is really We're amazing. taking it all. We're taking the cash and we're taking everything else, too. It's pretty bad. It strikes yeah. me as uh, par- a similar issue to the, the Kilo case. Uh, and they made a movie about it called Little Pink House recently in New London where, you know, this woman built her little dream house near the water. And, you know, the, the town said, well, we want to bring Pfizer in here. So uh, you guys are all going to we're going to buy your houses from you. And she's like, I'm not leaving. And then they did eminent domain and they took her house. Mm-hmm. And it went to, up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, in one of the worst decisions I think ever given, uh, sided with the town and allowed her uh, for just, you know, wow, well, mm-hmm. it's helping the tax base, so therefore it's good for the people to get rid of these houses, which, of course, would justify almost anything. Yeah, I mean, okay. you could justify almost mm-hmm. anything. You could always come up with a projection that's going to help the tax base. Mm-hmm. But the reaction to that ruling was pretty swift and pretty strong. I think over 40 states passed constitutional amendments or laws in their states to prohibit the government from doing that in uh, in cases like this where it's just business reasons. Like, I mean, there's always mm-hmm. going to be something for, you know, a highway or that the eminent domain is, you know, we all know that that's part of it. But, you know, for things like this where you're just bringing, well, we want to give it to a business instead of you. That has been out. I think it's 42 states have passed things to stop that. And that's the type of action that needs to happen here. You, know, yeah. you, you need a bunch of people yeah. going around and saying, hey, wait a minute. We get that, that at times, you know, law enforcement needs resources. They need these abilities. We're, we're rooting for law enforcement to take out criminals. But you can't just take stuff from people's car and pocket it. And even if they're acquitted, still hold on to it. I mean, it's insanity. And, I, and there's no doubt I, I agree with you. But again, what we talked about in the past, too, but they, the, those in support of it talk about, well, look, we, we can hamstring drug dealing networks by leaning on their finances, which yeah. can be more effective than the criminal charges. And... They also point out that the proceeds can help police buy much-needed equipment. <laughs> that's incredible. They're so actually bragging is, about and, taking people's stuff to buy stuff. That's It's unbelievable. 888-727-BECK. Uh, more of the Glenn Beck program coming up with Pat, Stu, and Jeffy. Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn. 888-727-BECK. Uh, did you hear the uh, latest outrage um, from... Cynthia Nixon. No, she's you know going to be debating De Blasio or not uh, De Blasio Cuomo uh, coming out for the governor's race. She's not you know it doesn't seem all that competitive, but you know it's been a high profile race. It's New York. Uh, she's a celebrity, right? Uh, and it, this got set into uh, with the hashtag addicted to outrage. If you uh, were taking these submissions for the ridiculous things that people get outraged by, uh, and we'd love for you to send some in at World of Stew on Twitter. Um, we have you know. Uh, people now complaining that the they remember they took the bars off of the uh, the box where the animal crackers were so they didn't look like they were caged yeah. in yeah, yeah. yeah well now they're complaining yeah, they're about that 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 was not far enough apparently they left they're outraged that that does not cure that the nabisco ceo oh six you know earns 600 times what the average employee earns or something like that what does that have to do with the animal cracker box? <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh or this one um uh it, a student yanked a make america great again hat off of another's head and called it a racist and hateful symbol yeah um this one though i love is cynthia nixon she is outraged why is she outraged well she wants the debate room to be 76 degrees when the debate happens because <laughs> apparently um 
is a well-known sexist. It's notoriously sexist to keep a room cold. Oh. Now, of course, it is also notorious that if you don't keep a room cold, the the people who are on television will start sweating. Mm-hmm. And so every single debate stage and every single studio since 1960 has been filled with people in cold environments. It's freezing in here all the time. I mean, how do you think? We, I mean, Jeffy's not even sweating right now, which is almost impossible <laughs> to accomplish. It's because it's like 12 it's degrees in this room right now. Yeah. Yeah. And very cold. So well, it's not close to 12. Yeah, it's I'll pretty cold. It's, it's pretty cold, cold in here. And that's because you want your you don't people don't like watching people on TV sweating as they're talking. No. <laughs> you know, it's just like ideally you avoid it. You may expect it in an NBA game, mm-hmm. uh, but ideally you don't necessarily see that from your anchors, especially with Jeffy since he sweats gravy, and that's just unpleasant to look at. Yes, it's not. You not, know what I mean? I thought we so. were talking about Cornwall, right? <laughs> so Cynthia Nixon is saying. Uh, that there is a study, there was a study apparently published some time ago in Nature Climate Change in this journal, which uh, said that the office buildings base their climate control fluctuations on the na- needs of the male metabolism. Uh, since half of the workforce is female, the system is rigged against women who often have colder extremities than their male counterparts. And it's even worth, worse for women on the birth control pill, which can raise women's bodies' temperatures slightly, making them more responsive, responsive to temperature fluctuations. So now we have to be out. Now, look, we all know there's real reasons for that. And I hate the cold. I hate how cold it is in these studios. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's they're doing it you know, to punish me, although Glenn may be. I know I am. But I know. <laughs> but I mean, the idea is 76 degrees. That's uh, way too hot. That's way too hot. I mean, yeah. you just got to dress more warmly, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and she knows. Mm-hmm. That. I know this is just trying to make it again. It's, it's not real outrage. It's an addiction to outrage. This is the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat, Stu, and Jeffy this week for Glenn. Now, yesterday, was it yesterday we were talking about the uh, the potential? and maybe, Or maybe I was talking about it on my show on uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Done so many shows this week, I can't remember which it was. <laughs> a lot of shows. But uh, Alex Jones was caught in a little bit of a, just a kind of a sticky wicket, if you will. A bit of a moment. Yeah, he, he was showing... How to navigate on his website on uh, Infowars, which does seem to be a high percentage of their programming. Like, yeah, a lot it does. of it is just how do you get to the male vitality formula? Because that's how and, he makes all his money. Yeah. So yeah, they spend some time with that. So he's showing how to navigate on his smartphone, and then he taps it, and it goes back to the original screen that had all of his tabs yeah, out kinda, there. Yeah, it brings like you, where you see like nine tabs on the screen at the same time. Mm-hmm. One of the t- <laughs> One of the tabs was a transsexual porn site, and uh, it could happen to anybody. It could ha- well anybody oh. who's surfing for trans porn. Yes, for those of us who don't necessarily frequent <laughs> those sites, can't happen to you. Okay, so I thought, okay, well, maybe somebody just went in there and here's what he's going to say even if it's not the case somebody photoshopped that right. into his phone right, That's right. Illogical, he says right? that because you can do the that. time when there's no evidence of it why yeah. not go with that right. right defense somebody in the deep state photoshopped that mm-hmm. and uh, that's not what he said uh which is fascinating to me here's here's instead how he explained his his uh little trans porn site um, and also, um, what about the trans porn on your phone, Alex? Are you ever going to talk about that? Say that again. Say that again. Trans porn on your phone. That's all they keep talking about. 
You know, I saw a couple news articles about that. It's ridiculous. I was like looking up some reporter we're trying to hire today and punched in some number. It popped up porn on my phone. Everybody's had porn pop up on their phones hundreds of times. So I'm sitting there with a phone on air showing it to everybody because I couldn't get a URL up in the studio. And then like something pops up like, oh, my God. And I looked at it. It wasn't the news blurted out because there was nothing there. They blurred it to then say something was there. Then you went to it with some porn menu. I probably had porn menus pop up 500 times on my phone so i appreciate well, your yeah, call I mean, you're surfing them it's I mean, insane ladies and gentlemen there's two types of people people that look at porn and people that lie about it but i wasn't looking at porn uh, on my phone i don't take phones on air that i look at porn on well, he's lying uh, about and it. so i saw all that i didn't so respond to it i mean if i respond to happy attacks does. on me it'll oh, but then it's ridiculous but i'll say this the Amazon ads, the Viagra ads, the weird non-plastic bag ads are taking my iPhone over. iPhones didn't used to be that bad like Androids. It's a great point there with the plastic bag ban <laughs> ads that are taking over his iPhone. He does seem oh, to be yeah. admitting that he looks at porn. Absolutely. Which, yeah, again, he's like, not, I, that phone? It, like, you know, Alex Jones looking at porn or trans porn is absolutely not the worst thing about him. Like, I, no, that's, that's probably one of his better <laughs> characteristics. Uh, so I don't know why that would be a big deal. It's just, you know. The Just trans community thought it was unusual because he bashes trans people so much. Yeah. And every time there's a trans story, he's, you know, he's raving about it, ranting right. about it. And so it's interesting that he's actually looking at trans porn when he's ranting about and, trans and, people. Uh, the trans um, site was excited. The trans site was very happy. Very happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, I mean isn't the show that he's fascinating. maybe not as transphobic as you once thought? There you go. He's, and that's probably what he should say. Um, there was a, a, a years ago, there was a, uh, a morning show host in, uh, at Texas city that I once lived in, um, who <laughs> really? got into a traffic accident, uh, while leaving a, uh, a gay bar mm-hmm. at two in the morning and then mm-hmm. left the scene and went home or whatever. And so it was kind of an issue. And then, so there, 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 uh, there's a lot of. You know, and he's a conservative talk show host, and and so people were wondering, what were you doing at a gay bar? And he said, "Well, I, it shows you I'm not homophobic, like they say I am, doesn't it?" <laughs> that was his explanation. So maybe that's a good one for us. response shows you I'm not transphobic. <laughs> oh man, it's an, I'm telling you, mm. it does bode to you know one of the things that I live by is clear your search menus. That's what you. <laughs> One of the Clear things your search good safety tip. I Thank you, Jeffy. Yeah. Yeah. So, does this happen to you? Does do does porn pop up on your hundreds phone of times? Five hundred times? Is that there seems to be a, a, a that, real issue with your phone? I will were. say no, that doesn't happen. Especially on an iPhone. I mean, iPhone is like it's a closed uh, ecosystem. And when so I'm looking for reporters, I will hire. say it has never popped up no. while looking for reporters <laughs> no. to hire. <laughs> Well, is it possible that this particular trans uh, porn star happens to have some journalism chops? It is, is possible. It possible she's it out covering possible. the tough stories in between porn shoots. I think that's not. It is possible. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely, it is. I mean, it's it, possible. Okay, let's let's grant him that. I don't know how much. Maybe Alex knows how tough it is to run a website and have people subscribe to it, and that's what that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. porn person was doing. Mm-hmm. Because she, uh, the, she he. Offered Alex a free pass. Oh, really? Site. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Alex. You, if you like it, I'm here for you. <laughs> I, I thought it was nice. What an amazing world we live in. It's just an amazing world. So she did actually respond to this? Yeah. 
<laughs> and she offered a free pass. <laughs> That's pretty smart, oh, actually. Yeah, no, you That's might as funny. well. You might as well jump in there. But yep. it, uh, I think the days of the uh, the porn sites all popping up on your screen, which did happen in the past, are long gone. Yeah, I yeah. think that doesn't happen as much and anymore. I do. It see, certainly doesn't happen five hundred times. No, it does not. Mm-mm. And but it does if if you don't uh, if you don't delete your search history. <laughs> if you type in a word and it pops, you know, then whatever you've been searching for and bringing up comes up. As a reminder, hey, I'm still here for you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what happens? They, they, it could happen. That's yeah. what I understand. It's possible. Somebody has told you it's about possible. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've had it course. happen to them, and can you they related ma- that story to you. Can you Correct. imagine <laughs> the amount of trans porn being tweeted and sent to Alex Jones right oh, now? Man. Oh, man. I gosh. mean, it's got to be. Co- people are probably trolling oh. him constantly with it now. Hey, check out this new conspiracy theory I found, Link. <laughs> this guy's going to be opening up so much transport. <laughs> I really guess that's funny. what happens, you know? Yeah, yes. I, you know, whatever. It's not like we had a high enough, high opinion of Alex Jones. No, and we're and like, look, wow. And, and, <laughs> this happened to a pastor while he was on his church. Like, that might be notable. Like, the fact that Alex Jones does weird right. things is the least surprising thing. I mean, it's good for him, occurred. right? It's keeping him in the news other than being blocked from, you know, bringing people to his site. And by the way, let's let's say once again... We're absolutely opposed to absolutely. Alex Jones being eliminated from all of these all of these sites: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Put him, put his stuff back up, and let the people decide. Okay, if they want to, if they want to see it, they see it. Uh, stop banning people because they have a different point of view. Now, again, Facebook is a private business, and so are all the rest. So they can do that if they want. It's just not the right thing to do. Yeah. The, 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 the interesting part, I think, in this conversation, because I think we all agree that private businesses can do whatever they want, and we all agree that they Alex Jones is, is, is trash, mm. and we all agree that even though Alex Jones is trash, he should still be left on the, prog- uh, on the platform. Yes. The interesting addition to this is a lot of these social networks get protections from you know, legal action because they claim to be hey we're just user generated content uh you know we're 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 just a platform right right mm-hmm. and so like for example if if someone were to post child porn on twitter twitter doesn't the, the, the employees of twitter don't go to prison for child porn mm-hmm. right if someone poses uh, uh, posts a terroristic threat on twitter they then don't um, you know, you can't go to, go to Twitter ch- for that. Right, it's, and blame it's like them. Twitter's fault, right? Yeah, and they get protections from these situations, as they should, by the way. Yeah. Or copyright fraud is another one. If someone posts a copyright uh, copyrighted uh, material, um, then people, you know, if they do it and don't try to take it down, they can get in trouble for it. Right. But generally speaking, if someone just posts something, uh, they'll have a window there to take it down as soon as possible. And it's not like they're going to put Twitter out of business for it. But for they, that protection, right? They there's a responsibility. Yeah, and their responsibility mm-hmm. is to not control the content. Yeah. Uh, so the, they can't be a partisan entity. So you can't and be get biased. That. Right. They they can't. And they, they are. And they kind of are. And that, uh, Ted Cruz has brought this mm-hmm. argument up before. So it's a good argument. Yeah. I mean, again. I still think they should be able to to handle their own content, but that you know maybe you don't get the same protections. Right. Uh, if you want to, if you want to go that direction, and you want to make it an all liberal social media site. You should, in my view, should be able to create it. If you want to create, uh, you know, you know, liberal dot com and make it all people tweeting to each other about right. liberal things. Except that's not what you agreed to. That's what, not what you agreed when to. you got these protections. So you're going to have to change the rule if you want if you want to do it that way. Um, or we just remove the protection. 
and you're subject to prosecution when somebody does something on your site. Which is it? What do you want? Yeah, and the easiest thing is just let people decide. Stop. Yeah. Stop. And I think yeah. their supposed good motives and the motives of many people in Congress are like, hey, you got to take a responsibility for what's on your site. You need to take responsibility. And they all went in front of Congress and said, you know what we do? This is on us. We need to do better. Mm-hmm. Not really. No. You really no, you don't, don't need to do better. No, you, don't. you don't need to. You don't really need to do it. People will click on the things they want to click on. Mm-hmm. People will like the things that they want to like. It's not your responsibility. Not your responsibility to manipulate what people believe, even if they believe dumb things or inaccurate things, even in that circumstance, Mm -hmm. when there's other crimes that are committed, like threats and child porn and stuff. Yeah, that's your responsibility to get it off as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, But that's different than than speech. And you should just leave it up there. So what? Alex Jones wants to say something that's blatantly false over and over and over and over again. So what? We figured it out all these years. Why? Why can't we now? (laughs) I mean. It's not like I believed in the 9-11 theories to begin with, so what's the big deal now? It's not like I really thought that the Sandy Hook tragedy was uh, a false flag operation. I never believed that. You know, There might have been some people who did, uh, but I think any normal human being knew that that was an actual event that occurred. And a real tragic one. Yes, and I think we all can agree. Uh, one thing that Alex was right on is that uh, everything starts at the Gulf of Tonkin. <laughs> now, there's, no, there's nothing that doesn't start there. That's right. That's where it all started. Yeah. It, it, it is. That is where it all started. The Gulf of Tonkin. Exactly right. <laughs> you could go back a little bit so, further to so the uh, uh, Rothschilds. If you oh, wanted to, right? If you wanted to, but right, you know, we won't go there. Right I don't want now. to go to high level. Only that's no. Alex's job, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, triple eight seven two seven back. Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Google needs to be careful. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that. The president told them yesterday that they need to be careful because what they're doing isn't fair to the American people. Now he keeps threatening people with. I guess uh, censorship or I, I don't know what the threat exactly is to Google here, but they, they better be careful. Um, I, you know, all of these warnings about f- speech uh, are somewhat uh, troubling to me. And right. well, he's just mad, you know, because of the head of Google just uh, told the Senate, some Senate committee that uh, uh, no, I'm not coming to talk to you. They uh, they wanted him to come and talk to them, and he was like, "No." This is I'm another not to, talk to, you. to me somewhat an example of the type of story where you have to ask yourself the question: Should we cover this? Right, right. Should mm-hmm. you cover? Is it about a tweet? Well, then the answer is no. Right. right. Is it yes. about something he said? That's true. Is it about something he said? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Because is it about something he mm-hmm. did? Then you have something there. Mm-hmm. If he starts saying like, okay, we're passing this bill. We're trying to pass this bill. Here's what we're That is a legitimate thing to cover. But he just says stuff for the point of hearing his own voice. Right. It's just something that Donald Trump has done his entire life. And this was so at that, true. Uh, that soccer World Cup thing where Mexico, United States, and Canada is going to uh, host the World Cup like in 2026 or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were there at the Oval yesterday giving him presence and he was joking around you talk about him loving messing with the press they gave him a referee wallet with a yellow card and a red card and he pulled out the red card and joked around about throwing it to the press you know giving him the red card kicking him out of the game both sides love that loving it both sides love that that's when they asked him about twitter oh Mm -hmm. they better be careful right 
I'm not, should they should we cover it? He was just hearing yeah. himself talk. It's like his way of saying, I don't like this one thing I saw. Is just to say I and might the, shut down Google. You know, I mean, like that's just the way he is. I mean. and, the, the Senate, mm-hmm. the Senate committee is mad because the head of Google won't show up, and he knows that. So they better be careful. Yeah, and it's not like you can certainly argue that that's not the right way for a presidency to operate. I think I think you can fairly argue it, but you also have to recognize what is occurring in the world, and you're going to drive yourself crazy if you panic every time mm-hmm. Donald Trump tweets something you don't like. <laughs> he's going to do it probably. If you're in the media, he's probably yeah. doing it five times a day. And either you have to get past past it and say, well, he's tweeted this sentiment 25 times and has done nothing about it. Maybe we just let this one go by until he starts doing something about it. And then at that point, you I mean, I certainly have my support in, in opposing uh, you know, Donald Trump trying to regulate Google. It's not, he should have stuff, have nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with it at all. And he shouldn't he shouldn't and you're right. spend he, his time worrying about it either. Yeah, he is Mr. Hyperbully. Right. He just he says outrageous things. And yeah, I, th- I think we know that by now. The- Donald Trump is going <laughs> yes. to continue to say and tweet outrageous things, and then so like ninety percent of those things you just don't worry about. Yeah, O'Reilly That's a was good rule of thumb. O'Reilly was the first one that sort of talked about that <clears throat> w- with us when he said, "Just like yeah, 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 don't worry about it. He just tweeted it." And you start thinking about it when you when you live your life in that world where it's nothing true. he says or tweets means anything. Yeah. It's a lot easier to understand. For example, Russia. If you ignore his tweets and what he says, he's pretty tough on Russia. Yeah. What he's done. <laughs> yeah. It's a better way of looking at it. Yeah. I think. Glenn Beck, Mercury.